0: <laughs>
1: P.S. Ryan, we have several more questions from our Patreon nice. supporters. Are we doing uh, pithy answers or are we going we gonna to dive deep into these? We will dive deep into these with pithy answers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's very zen of us. Uh. Uh, thank you for being a Patreon supporter. We really yes. appreciate it. You guys Welcome are awesome. Welcome to this week's PostScript episode. I don't think people know how much their
0: dollar means to us, man
1: yeah well two dollars
0: or two dollars yeah well it's two dollars if you're listening to this oh I gotcha but regardless I mean I know two bucks doesn't sound like a lot but y'all like it
1: means the world it means way more than you know yes indeed and uh, it's because of you we have this beautiful studio space so thank you for that and uh, we're able to pay podcast Sean and Jordan with peanuts (laughs) All right, uh, good thing they're part elephant (laughs) Uh, Corey Corey (laughs) says how do you know if fear is holding you back or you are actually not ready. For example, changing a career or starting a business. So maybe mm. fear is holding Cory back from changing his career or starting a business, or maybe he's just not ready. Here's what I'll say to you, Cory. You're never going to be completely ready. When I when I walked away from the corporate world, I was not ready, but I did have a plan in place. You were as ready as you could be, ready as I could be, but knowing that uh, there will be failures, there'll be missteps, there'll be unexpected successes as well along the way. Mm-hmm. And some of those unexpected successes were just beautiful accidents. For me, my initial intention when I left the corporate world, no one believed me at first, Ryan. When I was told people I was I was leaving to be a writer, uh, I just they were like, like, Where are you going? You going, where are you going to Verizon? Yeah, which competitor are you going to? You're gonna go work for uh, AT and T, and uh, it was like, wow. no, I'm not. And they're like, no, 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 you can tell me though. And, hey, can you take me with you? And, as if the grass is greener on on the other side. <laughs> like of the same take, lawn.
0: You can go there by yourself.
1: I don't have to take you with me. <laughs> you can do this too. <laughs> yeah, I can't take you somewhere I'm not going. Right. Yeah. And uh, the and I, in fact, I had people say to me, well, if if anyone could just go be a writer then everyone would do it and yeah. i was just like well wait a minute you <laughs> you do realize that i'm not going to be the first person embarking down this path mm. i'm not the first person who's going to make a very meager living off of becoming a writer now for me it was writing fiction that was the that was the plan that i had so i had a plan yeah and it was hey um uh, downsize all my bills so that I live in this $500 a month apartment. Get to, rid of as much debt as possible. Yeah, no no bills. I didn't have home internet. I didn't have... Um, uh, I had a cell phone. No cable. I had no cable. I had uh, I had electricity. But that was really... I had uh, car insurance. Yeah. And, and that was really it at the time. Uh, um, so I had insurance. And, and I, I realized that if I pared my bills down enough, I could... You know, worst comes to worst, I work at. There's a coffee shop two blocks from my house. Just work there mm-hmm. as many hours as I need to—twenty hours, thirty hours, forty hours a week—the the max hours I need to pay the bills and save a little bit bit of money for retirement mm-hmm. and contribute beyond myself. Still, you know, find a way to contribute ten percent of my income mm-hmm. uh, to to charity. And in doing that, I was actually freed up. But then there was the, all these other things that weren't planned. We started The Minimalists and it really took off. Mm-hmm. And we started The Minimalists before we left the corporate world, but it, by the time I left the corporate world, it wasn't like this booming thing. We had you know, maybe a thousand readers or something. It was not very many people were reading. Certainly not a way to sustain myself financially, uh, let alone sustain both of us. You were still in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. But I realized in time that people were getting value from this and I made a small pivot. So are you gonna be ready? No, I wasn't ready. I'm still not ready. (laughs) You're never going to be completely ready, but you're going to be as ready as you can be given the plans that you've devised. But eventually you're going to have to take that leap, even though you're not going to be ready. It's going to terrify you, Mm -hmm. but you're going to have to take the leap.
0: Yeah. And that podcast we just did, we were talking about taking that leap, taking that jump. I mean, I quite literally took that jump on my mountain bike, but going with that, you know, that, that, that uh, jump with the mountain bike. I mean, that can be used as a metaphor, meaning I'm sorry, what was this person's name? Corey. So Corey, dude, if you want to start your own business, great. Like start your own business. However, you need to know what's on the other side of that jump. Mm. And you need to know what kind of skills it takes to be able to make that jump. So before you take that leap, yes, you might have to get some. You might have to get a skill set. So important. You might have to uh, really, you know, kind of make this landing as as uh, as easy as possible. And I'm not saying frictionless. Actually, no. you have to have friction on a mountain bike to to land it. If you don't, then you're then you're definitely done for. Yeah, imagine you landed it on ice. Yeah. So so, but what you can do though is just kind of smooth that landing out as much as possible but knowing that you are taking a jump that you need the skill and it, not just to take that jump but to land you you need that skill and there isn't there is a possibility that you will fall but as long as you mitigate as much risk as possible
1: you should feel pretty good about taking a jump um, i there, love what you said about skill there i think that's so important right because yeah. what happens is sometimes we take the jump without the skill if i if i were to have if i would have attempted what you did there's a 99% chance i would have been physically injured there's a one percent wild chance that somehow i would have accidentally landed the jump (laughs) but um i would have hurt myself because i haven't developed the same skill that you have and the same is true when i left the corporate world i had spent a decade writing Mm. and well almost a decade about eight years i'd spent eight years Nine years writing pretty seriously, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, especially those last five years, uh, really serious about getting better as a writer, building up the skill because no one's born a writer. You don't you don't come out of the womb with a quill in your hand and and a thesaurus in your brain, and all of a sudden you, you're you're the perfect writer. You have to develop that skill, and so it also means that you don't just. I need to quit my job right now and start this business. Why can't you start the business right now? You know, I think of people who start a gym. They might start being a personal trainer and getting up a, a, a list of clientele before they start that yeah, gym. Yeah,
0: We didn't just quit our jobs and start the minimalists.com. I mean, that's a horrible plan. Yeah. I mean, that's me. So you have to have a good plan, That's me too. taking a jump and not knowing
1: what the landing is. And So it's having some- It's not just having a plan. It's having a good plan. Yeah, absolutely. All right. uh, Angel asks, fear is nearly always a factor when a big change is in the works, such as finally quitting a job that doesn't align with your values, but it pays the bills. How do you balance planning for the big change to leave at the quote right time versus taking the leap? There'll never be a right time. I mean, I think this is a reoccurring theme here. Like, you'll never be ready. There'll never be a right time. Uh, there are better times than others, for sure. Yeah. But you will always find an excuse that it's not the right time. It's just like having a kid. It's like, what's the right time to have a kid? I don't know. When you're seventy, yeah. And you've learned all everything that you need to learn throughout those seventy years, and to impart that wisdom onto your child. But that's yeah. also the the. Uh, that's also the worst time to have a kid, right? And so, right. like, there's never the right time to to take the leap. Meaning, there's not the perfect time. There are just better times. And so for me, it was paying, spending, I spent two years radically paying down debt. It paid, paid down about 80% of my debt. In fact, my original plan was to stay one additional year to pay off that last 20%. But there was better timing for me because we were making some organizational changes and I knew with those organizational changes, I could lay myself off and I gave myself uh, about three months worth of income in doing so. Right. And, and so by laying myself off, it was a better time to, to, to do it and I would give myself a, a year earlier to, to, to get running. But was it the perfect time? Heck no, I hadn't paid off all my debt yet. Yeah. And so I would have liked to stick around, but there, it was the better time to leave then. And, and quite often, uh, some of my biggest regrets are I didn't do it sooner. So uh, when in doubt, try to do it sooner as long as you have a good plan in place. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's funny, these questions are
0: about how to mitigate the fear, how to get rid of the fear.
1: There is no way to get
0: rid of the fear. Like, you you can, you can mitigate it a little bit. You can, like, tamper it down, meaning if you've got a really good plan that you're willing to work, then maybe it's not, you won't be as fearful. Like, uh, Mariah and I went skydiving. If we wanted to just jump out of a plane without a parachute, like, that's pretty scary. Bad plan. So let's say they gave us a parachute and then they're like, okay, here's a parachute, jump out of a plane. Maybe could have made it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, we slightly want. Slightly better plan. Slightly better plan. But you know, going up there with an instructor, jumping tandem, letting someone experience jump with us, I mean, we mitigated as much fear as possible. still a very risky thing to do, sure, but mitigated as much fear as possible to make sure that that we could have that landing. So even you know, even with uh, a career, yes, like you're always whether you're choosing a career path or whether you are choosing to start your own business, whatever it is. Um, the choice is fearful. Yeah. Uh, you will never be able to get rid of that fear. You, it's not about mitigating the fear. It's not about getting rid of the fear. Finding a way to hit the fear head on, like that is what is going to help any any of these folks live a meaningful life.
1: Totally agree. All right, Rich says, My partner is changing jobs, leaving a job she hated and starting one, which isn't the dream job, but she will probably hate a little bit less. Uh, I'm just going to stop there for a second. That's actually a good thing. It is. Uh, uh, It kind of goes back to that second question about paying the bills mm -hmm. because you do
0: have to put food on the table. Yeah, you do have to keep the lights on. You've got to be able to keep a roof over your head. Like money is not the main objective, but it is a big factor. That uh, is that is one of our many many resources that is really that we must be deliberate with.
1: Absolutely, and it shouldn't be. I was I was meeting with uh, our financial investor this this week, or financial uh, advisor rather. We don't have a financial investor, thankfully. I don't want, <laughs> no, any, no I don't want anyone to invest us. Oh uh, my god! You know they'd be like, you know, how much money you can make on advertisements. <laughs> yeah, that'd be terrible. Right. Um, but I, I was I was talking to to a financial advisor and um, you know it's it's always scary when we talk about things with money but you know thankfully Ryan you and I have a perspective where like we grew up poor and I could go back to that and I could be okay I left yeah. the corporate world and made 90 per, almost 90 percent less and made twenty three thousand dollars that mm-hmm. first year after leaving the corporate world But I was more financially secure because I had a good plan in place and I I was no longer overspending. And my values were, I finally uncovered what my true values were and aligned my actions with those. It doesn't mean that it was easy. I sacrificed uh, certain conveniences, but it was so worth that sacrifice because those other conveniences, they're they're comfort. It's padding, it's Mm. pillowing, it's soft and cushy. But you don't really find meaning in that. And then what do you do? You try to buy more pillows as if that's going to make uh, you more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and so so uh, the rest of his question is here. Uh, but she would really love to start her own business and open a shop, but there is a fear of failure coupled with the overwhelm of where to start. Any advice to help overcome the fear of really going for what she wants and starting her own business? Dude, I, let me say something about a shop,
0: okay? If you want to get into retail starting a
1: physical shop might be the worst way to get into retail and you're saying this because you and I both have managed a lot of retail stores yes because it's
0: like let's say you could get the perfect location the cost of that perfect location is going to be so high that that one store our best our our stores that had the best locations were some of the least profitable stores right and and with this day and age you can start. Uh, she needs to start a shop online, right? And she could do that while she's working her current job. But it's not as sexy,
1: Ryan. Oh, dude, <laughs> that's that's not true. I actually disagree I know, with that. I I, I know, <laughs> but like that's what we get in our minds, right? Yeah. Like like we 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 are tethered to this idea of. And, and by the way, it's because. It's People are less accepting of us having an online business versus a brick-and-mortar business because that was the the idea of success for so many generations. Yeah,
0: yeah but I was going to say, our generation and younger, uh-huh. like they're looking at e-commerce. They're not looking at, like, how can I get a physical retail store and sell flowers? Right. I right. mean, the best way to sell flowers is, like, start an affiliate program. You start a flower business with other... You let other stores do the selling for you, and you offer it online. I mean, there are... There's just it seems really silly to me to open a physical shop up. The,
1: the time that you would open a physical shop is if there was a demand for it. Yes. And, and so but you don't just walk into that demand. You create that demand. Yeah. So we were talking earlier Too about like percent, yeah. if if uh, the if you were a physical trainer, right? and uh, and and you've built up this large clientele you know you have you now have your know, 30 different people who are you're you're training for it might make sense for you to open a gym mm-hmm. so you can charge them a monthly fee because you've been, built up that demand we didn't write our first book minimalism which is somewhere in here yeah minimalism live a meaningful life um, we didn't write that until there was really a demand for it mm-hmm. because we had started the blog and we were writing we were blogging for a year and people kept asking well you're the minimalist where's your book about minimalism and so we wrote a book called minimalism uh, we're really good with titles, and um, <laughs> welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, uh, our documentary Minimalism, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and 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 that's because there was a a demand for it. Now it wasn't you know a a, a pent up demand of millions of people demanding, it, but it was enough that it made sense to do it. And same goes with starting a physical shop. That is not the next step. That might be the tenth or twentieth or fiftieth step once it makes sense. But it generally doesn't make sense to take that leap right away, and I realize it may not seem as sexy to you at first. It may not seem as like uh, uh, as if you're taking a big of a leap, and guess what? You're not, and that's okay. You can take some smaller leaps here. You can yeah. start your own business. You can get an LLC going. You you can do whatever you want to do while you're still working the job that you hate a little bit less. It's mm-hmm. good news. You We, we had that, that great conversation with T.K. Coleman, and one of his bits of advice is, Uh, you don't just take the leap and start pursuing your passion. Find something you hate a little bit less first as you're paying down debt Mm -hmm. and you're moving in the right direction. And I think that's really important. And then you can continue to take a series of leaps until you get to where you want to be. But guess what? Once you get to where you want to be, you're going to want to get somewhere else ultimately.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. So with Rich's uh, wife here, she is heading in the right direction right now. She's in the right spot. She has relieved a little bit of of the angst a little bit of the whatever it is that she's feeling maybe it's not the perfect job but it's better and that's a good thing she can totally start sean podcast sean what is it that your wife what what uh what, poshmark poshmark so podcast sean's wife she has a full-time job but she also has a little side hustle on poshmark there's a market already there begging for people to sell stuff on. So she has found an e-commerce site where she can take different things that she wants to sell and she, th- there's the shop for her online already. Yeah. Um, you know, there might be an argument uh, that says, well, you know, I want to I want to sell pens. I want to sell really nice pens. Mm-hmm. And to put an e you know, to put it on an e-commerce site, it just doesn't really give the full experience. It doesn't display the pens that, you know, a retail store I would argue that if that if that's the argument the retail shop is going to display this item better than online. That That's actually kind of a red flag to me. Mm. Like if you can't add value with explaining it and showing it online and, and, and it has to be, and I know there's always exceptions to the rule. But but I would just really if that's the argument to start a physical shop rather than an e-commerce store I would just I would just challenge anyone
1: to to push a little bit further. I totally agree, and I, I think that uh, uh, what you, what you're proving there whether it's it's Sean's wife or or anyone else who um wants to take that, that leap, that's a small palatable leap. That, mm-hmm. by the way, you're not risking that much. You you're giving up some of your time, your attention, your energy. These are precious resources, but it's also something you can you can bail from if you decide to change directions. Yeah. And uh, that's hard to do with, with especially with, with starting a shop. You usually are signing a five or many of our stores we had 10 year leases in order to get a good a, a, <laughs> a
0: good why location. Dude Rich, ask your wife why she wants all that overhead man oh man like that is that is like that that's you might as well go
1: out and get a six hundred thousand dollar loan or maybe ask her why she needs that overhead. yeah yeah. and the answer it will actually uncover if you have some good conversations about this you can do something you can start this uh this business in a way that you're passionate you can fulfill a need you can help solve problems and by the way if you want to start a business you want to make money the, way, the only way you're going to make money is if you help people solve problems. Unless you're conning people out of their money, which we don't want you to do, yeah. uh, the only real way to earn money is to help people solve problems. Yeah. And you can do that without a brick and mortar business. And then, if there is eventually a a true need for brick and mortar business, then congratulations. You've made it to that step. Then feel good about going into it. Amen. But that's, a, that's a big leap. Too big of a leap to, to start usually. All right. Our next question. We'll just do one more here uh, from Benjamin. Benjamin said, I was taught that I need to avoid conflict and I need to put other people before me and I need to keep everyone happy. Man, it's hard, those childhood lessons, man. It's hard to let go of those. Yeah, it definitely is. I fear that if I speak up for myself, I would cause more issues than if I stay silent. Man, this resonates with me, Ryan, because Mm. uh, sometimes I I feel like it'd just be easier if I don't speak up for myself because the the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. Um, I don't want that friction. Uh, Jeff sent me this article about friction. Maybe we can get to it as well. Um, But he said, what can I do uh, to practice getting rid of this fear that I know is something I shouldn't be fearful of in the first place. So he's afraid that if he doesn't stay silent, uh, he's going to cause more issues with the people around him. Here's well, what I'll say. Yeah. Yes, you will initially. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're, long-term, you're actually going to have fewer issues. All you're really doing is punting your issues further down but those issues are going to grow if you punt them. Yeah. Godzilla is a small monster right now, but if you let him grow and grow and grow and grow, he is going to overtake your life. And and that's what you don't want to happen with you. You need, you mentioned friction earlier, Ryan. Yeah. You need some of that friction in your life, Jessica. Our talented social media manager. She sent me this article from the Atlantic. I'm certainly not going to read the whole thing. Yeah, but I- dude,
0: it's a long one. It was really. It's about uh, basically these service robots. We have Alexa and Google or whatever the machines that we have.
1: Hey, Alexa, kill Ryan Nicodemus. <laughs> <laughs> Calling Ryan Nicodemus. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> So, you so
0: this robots. article specifically, I, I read this. I didn't. It didn't talk about. It, it actually was kind of an argument for. Something frictionless.
1: Uh, right. And and so she wanted us to rebut it in a uh, way. Okay. And and I think I think so. I
0: think they did a good job though, and maybe you and I can talk about this, but I feel like with those machines, the less friction, the the better the interaction.
1: I, I agree to a point, right? Yeah. And so it we what we want think of think of the most pleasant driving experiences. Um, I, I remember when we were on tour in 2014 we did the hunter city tour and we' we're, mm-hmm. we're driving around your Corolla the flat roads and I remember specifically New Mexico and Arizona yeah man it was especially like like Tucson area um, Santa Fe, Albuquerque it's gorgeous it was it, the sky there was beautiful the roads were. They're, they're not heavily used, but they're not very weathered because not, there aren't a whole lot of weather events there, right? right. Um, and so they're super smooth, flat roads. They provide the right amount of friction. It's not like Montana in February where you're like, uh-oh, you're driving down I-90 and you hit a patch of black ice like I did once and almost killed myself, literally. This was actually December in, in Montana, mm. December of 2012. I almost died because I hit this patch of black ice, and uh, it was lights out for me. I was like, "Uh oh, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't control this thing. If we don't have enough enough friction, we lose the control that we need to stay on the path that we're going down." Yeah. However, if we have too much friction in our lives, I think of the other roads in Montana, like out in Phillipsburg where we live when we first moved to Montana. There were some gravel roads I drove on where I'm like. Oh no! Like the rocks on here are so big, I can't even go. I can't go any further, yeah. farther. Also, I have to go so slow; it's not conducive for traveling forward. Mm. There's too much friction here. In fact, friction becomes an obstacle, and so the question then becomes: What is the appropriate amount of friction? And maybe, yeah, just totally maybe, agree. these uh, these robots, these Alexas and Ceres and whatever the other ones are. Maybe they can help remove some of the unnecessary boulders in our path and make, uh, make life, make the journey more pleasant. It can, they can make it like the road. Because I'm not against technology. I'm not a Luddite. Maybe they can clear the path for us and, and make it more beautiful. Yeah. Uh, make the experience more pleasurable. Make traveling forward a better experience. Or maybe they're adding black ice to the blacktop and we're going to swerve out of control.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, we got to be careful. But, you know, with, with Benjamin's question here, um, dude, if you're drowning, you can't help someone else who is drowning. <sighs> uh, yeah, that's good. Tweet that podcast, on. Put that in the pithy answers. But, you know, the uh, the whole oxygen mask metaphor, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help other people. I mean, we use that a lot. But you got to take that to heart, Benjamin. Buddy like if you're putting your health aside for other people's health like that's that's actually doing them a disservice because you're not able to help them enough you could probably help them more if you were if you were healthy first so this isn't our way of saying hey Benjamin be selfish
1: hmm.
0: but it is I don't know why, but I want to say Benjamin be self full, but that doesn't make any
1: sense. But <laughs> well, no, here, here's what I say: so I, I delineate self interest from selfish. Yeah. Selfish is at the cost of, of other people's; it's the expense of other people. Yeah. Self interested means yes, there are times quite often where you have to put your needs, your mm. values first, because it's disingenuous to not do so. Yeah. And, and if you're just placating everyone else, that's not actually who you are.
0: Yeah. And two things, Benjamin, um, as an adult, you've got to learn how to deal with conflict. I mean, I know that there are a lot of adults out there who avoid conflict at all costs. That is that you are doing yourself a disservice uh, by not giving yourself that life skill, because if you are not, able to handle conflict in a very mature adult way that doesn't mean you start fights with people it's like i will have i have certain people who will you know they have a visceral reaction towards something that i do or didn't do whatever it is and and i'll just be like okay all right so you have a problem right now i'm sorry that you that you have a problem with me i'm sorry that somehow you feel like i've disrespected you so let's let's have a conversation about how i can show you respect but we need to treat each other like adults And dude, I I can shut down conflict like that Mm. because people want to be respected. That's really what it comes down to. So Benjamin, if you can go out of your way to show people respect, uh, you're going to be able to handle conflict. If you're projecting your own judgments, if you're projecting your own insecurities, yes, that is not a healthy way to handle conflict. So just, just keep in mind you need to respect people. And the way that you can respect people is by setting the expectations in a very nice supportive way I mean how, however however much you can uh, the other thing I wanted to say too is Benjamin if you've got people in your life who cannot handle conflict and they want to continue to badger you and go after you and no escalate. matter how yeah escalate so no, no matter how much you try to de-escalate they continue to try to escalate dude turn around and walk away I don't care who they are you turn around and walk away from that and I had done that before you know what I can see that you don't want to have an adult conversation right now. I'm sorry about that. But when you want to have an adult conversation, let me know. I'm here for you. But until then, I, this, this is over. I'm not talking about this with you anymore. The minimalists. <laughs>